I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Welcome into the show where we talk about tech startups and entrepreneurs and new ways of approaching things in the St. Louis region. Michael Calhoun and... And Travis Sheridan. And uh, this show is so much fun to do because we get to learn about not just things that are happening in St. Louis, but things that are happening globally that get drawn to St. Louis, which is really cool. Yeah, and it's been fantastic to see what's happened with BioSTL and their global STL effort where they've got this Global Health Innovation Summit. They scour the globe and find the best health tech-related startups from countries, South America, Argentina, to Israel, Europe, all over the place. They talk to the hospital systems, the doctors in St. Louis, pharmaceutical companies, and they try to figure out, all right, what do you need? What can we find? And then they bring them together. And actually, Travis, this has moved beyond just a St. Louis-centric thing. I think uh, medical professionals across the Midwest and beyond even are now looking to Global STL and this, this Health Innovation Summit to figure out what is next when it comes to health tech from across the world well a lot of these clinicians a lot of these hospitals they have uh they have innovation needs and they could either try to create it themselves or they can get matched up you know swipe right on the on the right startup and maybe maybe a match is made yeah, and then we're going to talk, uh, and by the way, this is all virtual this year, the Health Innovation Summit. So this is, there's some some change, but it also makes some things a little easier. We'll get the scoop from uh, not just the lead for the program, but somebody from BJC, somebody from a startup which came from Germany. So we'll get the scoop on that. And then we're going to move into geospatial. When we talk about areas of technology and business that St. Louis is a leader in, we talk about financial technology. We talk about sports tech, obviously. Uh, so many different uh, different facets of this industry, and geospatial is one of them. It is, and it's an industry that, uh, forgive the pun, is soaring. Uh, I mean, it is it is really achieving new heights, and I just can't stop, Michael. I am sorry. I'm just full of puns today, but we are going to talk <laughs> uh, to the founder and CEO of Zio Air. It's a drone-based uh, company that uh, that is really doing a lot of large data analytics and mapping and analysis for a number of different industries and sectors. And it's one of the very first geospatial tech companies to be a part of the new co-working space downtown, which is dedicated specifically to these kind of mapping technology firms. That's right. Geosaurus located in our friends over at the T-Rex. Got to get those dinosaur references in because it's the opposite of that, (laughs) right? (laughs) 
It is. It's it's not what's extinct. It's uh, you know what's coming in the future. And then finally, a lot of us are not in the stadium like we would prefer to be for sporting events these days. But there is one kind of sport that is increasing in popularity and. You don't have to be in a stadium to witness it. You can be anywhere, as we've seen with the rise of Twitch and other services. Talking about e-gaming, and there is a national retail company. You go in there and you buy you know, an item for $5, and they're getting into the e-gaming industry. They're going to add e-gaming facilities, including in the St. Louis area. What is this about? We're going to get the scoop on that coming up. And what I love about e-gaming is it takes no athleticism whatsoever, meaning uh, <laughs> Those those of us with dad bods can uh, can still be athletic. Can be the champion. That's right. It's all within reach. So that's coming up on this edition of Nothing Impossible. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan with you, and we're going to talk about the Global STL. Health Innovation Summit, which we've talked about on the show before, but it's a little different this year. We've introduced you to the effort to transform St. Louis from fly over to fly to country, they like to say, and to get the latest on how this year's event is a little different. And no, it's not just because of COVID. Let's bring in Vijay Chawan, who's the Global STL lead for BioSTL, and also two of the folks who were involved in this year's summit, Ali Kosador, the director of BJC's Healthcare Innovation Lab, and Jessica Cooper, the VP of Business Development for Kaya, which is a German New York company which is involved this year. Thank you, all three of you, for joining us. Good morning, Michael, Travis. It's a pleasure to be back with you guys, uh, and wonderful to have my colleagues Ali Kosador from BJC, part of our healthcare ecosystem network here, and one of our uh, companies that we brought to our 2020 Health Innovation Summit. So can you set the stage for us, uh, Vijay, for, especially for our listeners who may not be aware of what this summit is all about? Yeah, so uh, this uh, 2020 will be the, is the fourth year for the Global STL Health Innovation Summit. We started in 2017. And our objective was to recruit top innovation from around the world that normally thinks about Boston, Silicon Valley, the coasts as where they need to go and show them that we have massive buying power in our region in healthcare, agriculture, and food. So in healthcare, what most people may not know is that St. Louis is home to some major healthcare corporations. If you look at the revenues that flow through just the St. Louis-based healthcare corporations, it's now $265 billion. That's about 7 to 8% of US healthcare spending. And over the last few years, we've now added on 18 healthcare organizations from across five Midwest states, whose combined revenues are now $360 billion, which is about 10% of US healthcare spending. So what's changed this year is that our buying platform is one of the biggest in the country and our sourcing network has now expanded into 10 countries. And so we started with the thousand companies and finally selected just 16 to come to the 2020 Health Innovation Summit, a highly competitive process. And Jessica, your company is one of those companies. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Kaya and then what attracted you to this summit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to say that 
We at Kaya are really glad to be part of the Global STL Summit. So, so far we have loved the format. Um, we think it's a really thoughtful and deliberate approach to connecting solutions like ourselves to organizations that uh, Global STL represents. So we're able to get access to large organizations who are also focused on you know, care innovation, patient first care. So we're really able to have meaningful conversations um, that can lead to valuable partnerships down the line. So I want to say we're excited to be part of this family. And what we're doing at Kaya is from a high level, our vision is to be a widely used, low risk, um, non-pharmacological therapy for musculoskeletal pain management. Um, so what we're providing is a digital musculoskeletal solution that's providing personalized, customized care, um, which really is improving that musculoskeletal delivery model when you think about that versus traditional MSK care. Um, so through our tech-forward, phone-based, multimodal program, we're able to deliver this really customized, personalized experience but also to greatly enhance that access. Um, so when you think about somebody who has their device on them all the time, there's no barriers to entry or to maintaining that adherence, which is what we really know leads to clinical outcomes, reduction of pain, and of course, therefore down the line, reduction of traditional musculoskeletal claims costs. So we are a global market leader in a certain technology called motion tracking technology. And this is what makes us really innovative. Um, so not only are we delivering this personalized program right on the user or the patient's smartphone uh, without the need for hardware or telemedicine, but we're able to use this motion tracking technology to essentially view the user doing their assigned um, sessions or exercises and receive feedback as if they were in a one-to-one -one, uh, PT session. So really excited to be connecting with the groups here at Global STL and showing them a little bit more about Kaya. And Allie, talk about what BJC is looking for when it comes to innovation and new advances in medical technology and treatments and what Global STL has been able to do in terms of scouring the earth and basically bringing you a buffet to choose from of what's happening across the globe, bringing it right here to St. Louis. Yeah, thanks, Michael. You know, you set the stage very nicely for me there. Uh, so what we are just so proud to be a part of uh, this global STL community. So as BJC and WashU School of Medicine uh, thought of bringing together an innovation lab, we really wanted to build an ecosystem of innovation. And so uh, partnering with uh, VJ and his team through Global STL has just been a tremendous value in, in just furthering that ecosystem of innovation. And so as, as we look to those types of partnerships, uh, our team is looking at trend spotting throughout the, um, the landscape of the St. Louis market, but then we're also looking at nationally and internationally. And so having this partnership with Global STL has allowed for us to just further reach the spectrum of what innovation looks like in clinical care delivery. Uh, so we have um, explored many different solution companies, potential partnerships, and uh, we think have brought a lot of value to the BJC WashU School of Medicine health uh, system. 
So in terms of uh, the, the summit this year, uh, when we first heard that it was going to be virtual, you know, we thought about, wow, what is that going to do to the the uniqueness of the traditional event that we have, uh, which is an in-person uh, session in, in the summertime. And we really found that this year's event was uh, just brought a lot of richness to um, how we think about bringing various different stakeholders and assessing various different solution companies in this innovation space. It allowed for us to be really nimble with the participants within BJC and WashU School of Medicine. We were able to work around clinical schedules of our, our clinicians. We were able to bolt uh, bring in executive stakeholders and uh, the the just facilitation that BJ and his team through Global STL have brought to this event was was tremendous and we can't thank them enough. BJ, it's it's often discussed that early stage companies are seeking capital, but revenue or customer capital is probably the best capital to to secure. And also these these relationships, the contracts, an early stage company getting a contract with a major uh, corporate or a major uh, company is huge. Can you talk a little bit about how this matchmaking has resulted in success for both early stage companies and the corporate partners? Yes, uh, excellent question. You know, so the reason why we were successful was we realized that these companies that we are recruiting to St. Louis, uh, we wanted to give them what they value most, which is customers, strategic partners, more than capital. And the fact that we had this massive buying power was the uh, opportunity for us to leverage. But to be successful, we really needed to spend time with Ali and her colleagues at BJC and Mercy and SSM and Centene and Express Scripts and the VA, understanding what are their pain points, what are they trying to solve for, and then under, and going then going out into the global network to find the best innovation to deliver that. So the matchmaking success is based on a deep understanding of the demand for innovation and then bringing the supply that is tuned to deliver on that demand. And so that has been the key to our success. We are not just interested in meetings, we are interested in outcomes where ultimately the buyer of innovation is creating competitive advantage and business value and the provider of the innovation is now benefiting because of the scaling of that innovation. And finally, we really care about how this improves the lives of all St. Louisans. And we want to see how the St. Louis citizenry is now getting access to top-notch global innovation, whether it's in pain management. As you heard from, from Kaya, the future of healthcare is going to be bringing care to the person where they are versus expecting them to go to a physical infrastructure, which would be obviously necessary under certain circumstances, but much of healthcare can be remotely delivered much more effectively on the patient's terms. And the and Kaya is a great example of that. And so that is the kind of innovation we want to bring to St. Louis citizens. So our ability to create business value, but also think about how we improve the lives of people in St. Louis is what makes Global STL so successful. Well, speaking of outcomes when it, uh, related to business value, 19 new international companies in St. Louis since 2014, 166 million in revenue and local investment, and 219 new jobs to the St. Louis region. Those are some pretty good outcomes. Absolutely, and we just got we've just got going here, uh, Michael and Travis. We are building a lot of momentum. It's people like Kaya who are going to have success, and then they're going to spread the word. So we actually now have 
lot of companies coming to us and saying, how do we get onto the global STL platform? And so it's become a winning uh, approach for our region. And as you can uh, tell, we used to be fly over country and now we are fly to country for some of the best healthcare innovation. And Vijay, when it comes to the stable of companies, you've had interest uh, on both sides, not just for global companies now. Um, I understand the same, uh, that United States companies are also, yeah, so the, even the healthcare organizations are like, you know what, show us American companies too, because you're just so good at this. Exactly, right? So last year, so every year we sit down with all our local partners and say, what are your innovation priorities? What do you want us to bring for you this year? So when we met with them for the 2020 summit, they said, you know, we'd like you to expand beyond just the international and look for U.S. companies also. And we were a little surprised and we said, don't you guys already know about the U.S. companies? They said, yes, but we think your approach is much more scrutinizing, much more ability to bring high quality deal flow. And so we expanded into the U.S. Uh, landscape this year for the first time and were very successful with the high quality companies that we were able to get. So the brand has definitely changed even now across the U.S. landscape, and we think it's going to continue to grow. Well, Jessica, I don't want to put you on the spot too much with regard to what your opinion of St. Louis might have been before you got involved in this. But how important, uh, I do want your opinion on how programs like this can really help companies that are looking to scale like Kaya. You know, have you seen programs like this elsewhere? Uh, is this unique for the St. Louis region? Yeah, great question. Uh, absolutely. We find that this is uh, very unique, and that's one of the reasons that um, over a year ago, we were really excited about initially connecting with the global STL team. Um, so now it's come to fruition, and we're able to really take that to the next level, showcase what we've been doing at Kaya to these excellent um, healthcare organizations, and really start thinking about you know, not only how we could potentially bring Kaya in uh, based on our traditional model that we're utilizing right now in the U.S. market, but also the innovative ways that we can approach this, uh, working alongside those organizations, thinking about other ways that we can fit in and differentiate ourselves through integration. And Ali, can you talk a little bit more about the pipeline to getting these innovations from the stage in front of you to uh, you know, the hospital in St. Louis and interacting with St. Louis residents and, and people being able to actually take advantage of these new advances. Absolutely. You know, what we try to think about are four domains of success when we're assessing these types of innovation solutions. We think about what our adoption is going to look like, whether it be with our clinicians or with our patients. We want um, a high satisfaction with our clinicians and with our patients. We want to think about what the clinical outcomes are going to be, how we improve their, their care experience, how we think about the clinical quality outcomes that we're driving towards, uh, just really being committed to a high quality uh, experience within the BJC WashU system. And then we think about the financial sustainability of any of these, uh, whether it be through uh, cost avoidance, so reducing the cost of care to our patients or enhancing the, um, the financial situation for our health system. And as we think about those four domains, we identify stakeholders, and by stakeholders in this case, we think about our clinicians, our executive sponsors, and we bring these solutions to them. What we do is we essentially understand the landscape within these uh, health systems 
what are our pain points? How are our patients experiencing care, uh, the continuum of care through the health system? And it's easy then for us to go out and find uh, solutions like Kaya, for example, to say, we think that this solution is going to solve a particular strategic problem that we have within our system. And so through that matchmaking, very much how, how Vijay's kind of articulated uh, the work that his team does, we then take these solutions to our stakeholders for potential investment or um, a, a uh, partnership with them. It's then that we start to use uh, agile methodologies for deploying and scaling throughout the organization. We test these solutions. Oftentimes, the solutions that are brought to us are um, maybe not as mature as what other solutions might look like in the market, and that's okay for us. We actually get really excited about those types of opportunities where we can co-develop and really customize and bring a meaningful solution to not only BJC and WashU, but to the St. Louis community. And so once we have a product that we feel like is ready for market and that our patients and our consumers are going to utilize and um, have high engagement with, that's when we scale it throughout the entire organization. And, and Vijay, what is, uh, what is next? Give us a little bit of a preview of what you think 2021 will look like for, uh, for this effort. Yeah, what a great question. You know, we have definitely realized that the impact of COVID has transformed our thinking about a physical conference. So we think next year, we are going to end up with a blended version. We're going to be sitting down with our partners on both sides. We'll be asking for feedback from companies like Kaya, companies like BJC, Ali and her team. And so we'll be getting feedback from both sides, what worked, what did not work. But we think there is a real opportunity for a hybrid model going forward. And so we are into new landscape, but that's the beauty about global STL and what we are doing here in St. Louis. We never stop learning. We keep trying to figure out new and better ways. And we think we've got a new approach that's awaiting us for 2021. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if we're, if we're not, uh, you know, fly over and now fly to, we can at least zoom to uh, these, these sessions uh, so this can continue. Uh, great progress. And BJ, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, Jessica and Ali, thank you for joining us as well. Stick around for more Nothing Impossible coming up right after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible, Travis Sheridan and Michael Calhoun. And we're joined with Bronwyn Morgan. She's the founder and CEO of Zio Air. Uh, Bronwyn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, Bronwyn, uh, you're in you're in the drone business, uh, especially related to geospatial. Tell us a little bit more about Zio Air. Yeah, so Zio uh, Air is an outsourced AI-based drone services and data analytics company, and soon to be autonomous. Um, and we uh, provide data for inspection and mapping for industry industries such as telecom, uh, energy, which would be wind. So oil and gas, utility, civil infrastructure, uh, environmental and climate observation, and disaster and catastrophic um, analysis. So we collect the data with our network of pilots uh, and then eventually with our autonomous systems and then are able to provide that data back to our customers. So, Bron, what would uh, an example of this maybe be if you're working with an energy company, you send drones up and then you give them statistics on um, how many of their power lines are in good shape? Or is there a better example? Uh, kind of give us a feel for the type of work that we're talking about here. 
Absolutely. You're not far off. Um, so to use that utility example and expand it, we would inspect uh, transmission lines or power stations or nuclear uh, plants and provide the customer with data based on the sensors that they choose. It's either 4K high-definition video, still images, thermal, uh, LIDAR, hyperspectral, or multispectral. But we would inspect um, either the stack, the lines, um, the property, and then return back to the client the data that supports that either raw data or data that has been analyzed to demonstrate uh, where there are actual issues and problems that the customer needs to Im- immediately address uh, address based on the problems that have been observed. Well, I imagine with nuclear power plants, it's probably safer to send a drone in than to send a human in. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the role that, the, that drones are starting to play for this large-scale work? Absolutely. Well, in this instance, we would be flying above it and around it, not necessarily into it. That's a, that would be a different project, and that requires very, especially if it's active, you know, thinking about places like Fukushima. But on a, on a, on a going basis, it's really inspecting around it um, just to ensure that uh, there are no leaks and there's no damage that needs to be addressed. But, you know, right now, drones are, are the, the use cases are expanding. Um, and you're seeing them in real estate, of course, uh, construction, uh, as I just mentioned, climate and uh, environmental observation. Even with COVID, you know, tracking the movement of people, um, where and how things are happening, and paralleling that with spikes. Um, so drones are becoming much more commonplace, and especially now when touchless. Uh, is such an important part of how we operate. So you're able to send drones out much faster uh, than traditional aircraft that has been used in the past, safe, more safely, where you're not having to send people out in dangerous situations just to observe the problem before perhaps you might have to send them out to fix it. Um, and we're able to do above ground and then in certain instances with certain sensors below ground work. And it's also being used in public safety, obviously, search and rescue, um, overwatch, um, and of course in disaster and catastrophe, you know, post an event. Uh, just to ensure the status of, of infrastructure uh, for the safety of the citizens in that area. Have you seen an increase in interest? Uh, and is it moving beyond now with coronavirus? And as you mentioned, the, this being touchless uh, and distancing, have you seen this move beyond just the really tech-savvy, forward-thinking businesses who are thinking about how they can integrate drones? Is it now more widespread and, and everybody is, is thinking of this? Is that kind of what you've seen with COVID? Yeah, I think that the conversation has certainly ramped up. Uh, I think COVID has taught us, you know, I'm, I'm more on the inspection and mapping side of things, but on the delivery side, we're definitely seeing, a, you know, an interest uh, and regulation and testing uh, speed up where people recognize that, wow, if we were in a position to have drones deliver groceries and, and prescriptions, that would have saved a lot of people having, you know, to have moved, moved about over the last several months. Um, and creates a, a, a much greater safety net uh, to ensure that people stay healthy. Um, but I think now that we're we are we're certainly not coming out of COVID just yet. But now that we are, you know, through this first or second phase of it, now industry is kind of crawling out. Companies are determining their new ways of going to business and market with their teams. And drones are now, I think, uh, more at the forefront now than they than they ever have been. It's a slow build. I mean, there are certainly barriers and issues that we have to address. 
Um, but I think the attention now is, is much more front and center. Browen, as I think about drones, especially in the next generation of workforce, you know, young people that are considering career fields right now, uh, it seems like it would be exciting to work for a company and work in an industry that uses drones. How have you? How can you see a company like Zero helping engage younger people to move into this industry and sector? Oh, I'm a heavy advocate for it, and I have another company, Aversity, that's on the training side to train people to become certified pilots. And uh, but we need we need more than just pilots. You know, we need data scientists. Uh, we need people who are developers, software engineers, uh, folks that are very well steeped in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, you know, engineers of all types as we start to move into autonomy. So I can't think of a more exciting place to be right now other than aviation, you know, aerospace, and then under that umbrella uh, in the UAV industry, uh, as well as urban air mobility, you know, the flying vehicles, which I, I touch as well. And um, this is an exciting place to be. And the growth trajectory moving forward is, you know, it, there's an expanded need uh, for these STEM skills. And so I would say, hey, come on in. This is exciting. It's a new frontier. It's interesting. And uh, your skill set, even if you're a marketer um, in sales, is, is a very much needed and wanted right now in our industry. We're talking with Bronwyn Morgan, who's the founder and CEO of Zio Air, which is one of the geospatial firms that's decided to call St. Louis home, helping to make this area a hub for that kind of technology. And Bronwyn, as you talk about these career paths and opportunities, what was yours? What can you share about your background and how you were able to build this uh, yourself and uh, you know, uh, insights that may help others who are looking to do the same thing? Well, thank you for that. Uh, anybody that knows me has heard my story. You know, growing up here in the region, I, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Um, women couldn't fly fighters. That, I'm, I'm dating myself at that time because that was considered front line. I thought, well, I'll just become an astronaut um, as if that's just a checkbox. But, uh, but I attended the University of Illinois, did not leave uh, with a degree in aerospace engineering, but instead went into business. And with the, with the major Fortune 500 companies that I've worked with, I always found myself at, you know, in my, somewhere in my career working in innovation, um, technology, startups and uh, became an innovation consultant at the end of my corporate careers and working with all new technologies and corporations on future-proofing. And so as drones came up as a civilian commercial opportunity, I thought, this is my chance. And so I studied um, to become, a, you know, FA certified, took my exam, and uh, started to then apply my business skills, of which I have many, many years, and combine the two together with my love for innovation and startups. And, uh, you know, now here I am uh, leading a couple of companies in this very innovative space as a, you know, as an FA certified drone pilot and safety rep. Um, so this is, this is very exciting for me to get to do this at this, at this point in time. Well, as you said, it's a very, not just an exciting time, but an exciting place to be. You're, you're one of the first uh, startups to be included and participating in Geosaurus, which is at, at T-Rex downtown, part of their yeah. uh, special place, focused and dedicated pl space uh, directly related to geospatial. How have you seen this focus for the region on geospatial uh, helping lift the, the entire region? 
Oh, I think this is a this is a great frontier. Talk about the gateway to the West. I mean, this is the gateway to the future. And being a part of the T-Rex community and the geospatial team there has been nothing but exciting and embraced. I've been very well embraced. It's a very embracing environment. And as we focus on the data, so at the end of the day, we're a data company. We just get the data from the sky. But geospatial data, photogrammetric data, is such an important part of how companies are going to be making decisions moving forward. And for St. Louis and the NGA to come together um, and really uh, put geospatial on the map, no pun intended, uh, here in the region, I think opens up an entire new destination, not only for the region, but nationally and globally uh, for geospatial sciences and companies like mine who are so, you know, connected into um, into this discipline. So it, this is exciting for the region. I think this is a very big deal. Well, Bronwyn, if people are, maybe they've got a company, they're thinking, how can I integrate drones? Maybe I was thinking about, uh, you know, this possible application, but I'm not sure if it would work. Or if people are interested in getting into the industry, so many different reasons to get in touch with you. But how can people do it? Where can people get more information about Zeo Air? Exactly. You can find us at xeoair.com, xeoair.com, zeoair.com. There's always email, info at zeoair.com, and you can find us on Twitter as well as Instagram, and you can also find us on LinkedIn um, as well as me. So please reach out. Happy to talk with people. I've had a lot of folks in the region reach out in different capacities, and so it's exciting to be a part of this, uh, this effort. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's Bronwyn Morgan, the founder and CEO of Zio Air. Congratulations on your early success. And without sounding too cliche, the sky's the limit. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. We'll be back with more Nothing Impossible. Stick around right after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Paige Funk, Senior Marketing Director for Nerd Street Gamers. So, first of all, Nerd Street Gamers, a little introduction to what your company does, and then what this physical manifestation of it is going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nerd Street Gamers is an esports infrastructure organization that focuses on bringing esports to everyone. So, right now on the news, um, different media outlets, you know, even on the television, we, we hear a lot about competitive gaming. But our goal is to make the access to competitive gaming a lot broader. Competitive gaming equipment between the high-end PCs, the games themselves, they're really expensive, which limits the access of people who are able to afford them and people who are able to have the competitive opportunities that are within esports. Um, our goal is to grow the industry from the bottom up, from ages you know, 5 to 40, for anybody that's passionate about gaming, and expose the opportunities, whether it's through a professional career competing, a professional career like myself on the business side, getting scholarships to college, um, whatever capacity you want to be involved with gaming, our goal is to get you there. It seems like we've had a lot of focus on uh, e-sports arenas and these huge venues and then also educational institutions who are creating programs and venues. But, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at this, uh, trying to find an analogy to regular sports, there's no, there's no rec league, there's no, you know, city yep. fields to go to. Is that what this kind of um, uh, aims to fill is if you're not a big pro in a huge stadium, where do you go? Yeah, exactly. So, for instance, right now you have 
middle schools, high schools, even colleges, especially with the pandemic, having to cut programs, cut traditional sports programs. And for them, obviously, they might have a computer lab, but in order to compete at the top level, it is about the equipment and the esports. It's not, you know, sometimes with, for instance, basketball, you see a kid that might have a $200 pair of shoes and a kid that has a $20 pair of shoes. Their ability to run fast doesn't have to do with the shoes. With the equipment and the accessible um, internet and the lag time, that directly affects your results in esports. And we're trying to build facilities similar to what you said to to rec centers that provide access for elementary schools, middle schools, high schools to all be able to congregate, be able to play games, to be able to compete and be able to have those kinds of opportunities. So where does Five Below come into play with this? Is it uh, the fact that they're a retailer, which has a lot of real estate uh, and you need physical space to be able to build this out? Uh, or what is, what is the nature of this partnership? So Five Below actually had the foresight to, when opening new stores, to find locations that had space adjacent to where the Five Below would be because they were looking into some sort of you know, social retail or gaming experience. Um, it, it works out perfectly because our stars align, our goals align in terms of providing high-quality merchandise opportunities, experiences at a lower cost so that they can reach um, more demographics, more geographic regions, and, like I said, provide such a high value at a low cost to be able to expand it to everybody. What is the facility going to be like? How do you describe uh, both the aesthetic and the amenities? And then uh, we, we talk generally about games and gaming, but uh, specifically, are there any, any that are going to be a focus or that are most popular or anything like that? We are game agnostic. So we can essentially, you can come to a local, play, local host and play any game you want to. It'll be about 3,000 square feet. And the atmosphere is really fun, really modern, and really open. Traditionally, with esports, land centers and facilities, they're very dark. You see a lot of neons, um, and that's kind of been the stigma around esports, whereas we focus on bright spaces um, without interfering with the competitive opportunity, because obviously you need to be able to see your, see your screen. We have both professional-grade PCs. We'll have about 36 of them, as well as consoles. And like I said, you'll be able to go in and play any game you want. As we move out of the pandemic, we'll be focusing on live events. So, for instance, Fortnite tournaments or Overwatch tournaments, um, Super Smash Brothers tournaments, even fun birthday parties that can incorporate Mario Kart tournaments for all ages. But it'll, it'll be a space to build community. You know, you'll be with like-minded individuals who like to play games, who like to compete, and you share a similar passion. And out of the three uh, metros that you've chosen for the first, uh, why St. Louis? It looks like uh, the Philly area just outside of Austin and the St. Louis suburb here. Why St. Louis is one of these first three? We actually have a team dedicated to finding the perfect, you know, metro areas for us to move into. We work with a lot of the gaming community right now in the St. Louis area, and we are so excited about this facility to to, like I said, provide the equipment and provide that atmosphere that so many people in the area have been asking us for. So we've, we've been looking forward to the St. Louis area for a long time, and we're so exci- excited to finally announce it and open it later this month. Michael Romanko, and I'm the Chief Merchandising Officer at 5 Below.
Does this take some of the current real estate that's occupied by your retail and turn it over to this concept? Or is there, uh, you know, an extra space that's next door that you're going to be taking over? And then how much does this integrate into the, uh, the actual five below retail space? Yeah, so Michael, great question. I would say, you know, in some of our locations that we have identified, we do have the opportunity to utilize existing five below space that might be uh, dormant in the sense of non-selling space that we're able to actually add this great um, retail initiative. In addition to that, as we may go into newer markets, we are presented with opportunities with our great re- uh, real estate portfolio that does allow us uh, a chance to have an adjoining space at um, at a really attractive um, opportunity. And finally, gosh, gaming is something that the merchandising team or the buyers are continuing to explore. So the relationship between the buying and the gaming is going to continue to um, be additive. And in terms of then uh, driving sales on the retail side, do you change uh, your offerings on the shelves to appeal to these customers more? Do you already feel like uh, you've got a good lineup for impulse and uh, other purchases uh, as, as gamers walk through? How, how do you plan to drive retail sales from this? Yeah, you know, what's great about Five Below is, you know, I love to say we're a trendy, not spendy store. We're a store that's geared to, to kids and tweens and a store that really is um, attractive and fun to, to that age group and even moms alike. So when you look at what we have in our gaming assortment, we've got great headphones, we've got some great accessories, we've even got some gamer t-shirts, but we also have some great snacks and food. And really what kids want to do is have fun. And what's wonderful about the Five Below store is we say let go and have fun. As well as a local host now, you're going to be able to experience some gaming, uh, different platforms and uh, different titles that you'll be able to go in and compete. When you're finished, gosh, you can absolutely go in and say, wow, I really love these this gaming concept, I'm going to get a gaming headphone or I'm going to grab a snack or I'm going to browse a store. So it's not so much that our, our assortment's going to change. Our assortment actually supports and, and is very additive to the overall gaming uh, customer in, in, in the whole. All right. So that was a packed show. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Come back next week. And of course, check out the podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.